You said info. What is up, Phil, Eddie, Ron? We're all here again. We're going to talk about smoking meat, cooking food. What seasoning do you use for your reptiles? (laughs) So we we were just talking sidebar before we started recording. And um, I'm going to say that everybody that's told me that the Komodo Island Pit Viper, uh, uh, the Insularis, um, they just feed and they go to pinkies and they're really easy. You guys are all full of shit. I love you, but you're all full of shit. So mine absolutely loves lizards. Like and that lizard, if I throw it in there, it usually doesn't last a minute. A, a couple weeks ago, I set a headless pinky in there and it ate the pinky without, I was like, oh, yay. And then I put another pinky in there and it, it wouldn't touch it. And then another one and another one. And then I took it out and put it in a bucket and tried the whole tease feed, kind of smack it in the head a few times. And all that did was piss it off. They had it flying around, stressed it the fuck out. So I had caught a lizard about a month ago and went to throw it in the box and it got, it missed the box completely. So a lizard's been running around in the room eating all the spiders and bugs in here. So I finally caught the little shit and I just turned around and looked and lo and behold, it ate and it's gone. But so you guys are, I, th- I think, probably pretty diverse as far as, as what we all kind of keep and, and what we do. And I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, we, we hear people say gut loading and what I feed my feeders that feed my animals. Um, so I think that's something that we, we agree that we need to touch on and I don't know where we really want to kick it off. I just wanted to vent a little bit about this Komodo Island pit viper because it's amazing. It's absolutely one of my favorite snakes here, but it just only likes lizards. Is it a yeah, I've always if I if it wasn't for the law structure here, I'd be all over that. I I've always yeah. liked vipers. Vipers. Yeah, he, listen, he, she, he or she, whatever it is, I, I don't even know what the sex is. Doesn't matter. It's an amazing animal. I mean, it can, it can be a little bit high strung. It doesn't really like to be poked at. Um, it's, it's not real keen on being moved, but, um, I've caught it drinking out of its water dish consistently does not like to be misted. Um, but dude, as far as like cool factor and snakes, it's, it's eyes are starting to get a little bit more red. Like with every shed, they get a little bit more red. So I just, I, I really hope it turns out to be that really blue with bright red eyes. So, but it's, yeah, it's badass. Yeah, it's doing very well. I really, really like it. And I absolutely love the, the Eastern Diamondbacks that I just got. Super yellow female. Um, she's shed. She's nice. They're pretty mellow. Um, it's kind of cool to come in here and they both start buzzing until they realize, okay, nothing's going on, and then they stop. But, dude, just amazing. I, I ended up getting them from uh, – Ron, do you know Rick Beauchamp? No, I don't He's here. So. He's here in Orlando. All he works with is rattlesnakes. Just, just Eastern Diamondbacks. I think he's got a cane break and that's it. So he's got 40 or 50 Eastern Diamondbacks. So amazing guy. Absolutely amazing guy. So, but, so who wants to, who wants to kick off? Don't everybody jump at once. Jeez. Should be one of the youngsters. Yeah. 
<laughs> let, 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 right. let Phil go first. Oh, yeah. man. Right. That way we'll put him on the spot. Fight to win, Phil. You guys, you guys are just giving me – uh, you guys are just giving a reason to try to catch me in another uh, conversational or cultural faux pas. That's what you guys are doing. Yeah, mouth another, another trailer foot. park incident. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just giving me a chance to put my foot in my mouth. Well, I guess, okay, I, I, I can try not to. But anyway, uh, the I think that diet, when we, you know, because I guess if we're going to talk about diet, there's so much involved in that, right? Because, you know, we have everything from, you, you mentioned gut loading, so you could talk about what to feed your feeders, what feeders to feed, what supplements, if any, to use, how often do you feed? Why do you feed what you feed and why do you feed when you feed? That was a little convoluted, but, <laughs> but there, it, I guess there's so many layers to it. Um, I think, I think it's a really good, a really good topic because, um, you know, you, we, we all work with so many different kinds of reptiles and there are so many different considerations to be made depending on what it is we're feeding that I, I mean, I feel like I'm going to gain a lot out of this conversation. Cause I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I have a, a strong feeling that both Ron and Eddie have thought more about this than I have. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty interested. You probably yeah. so surprised as, at my take on it. Uh, as, oh, as far as, uh, as far as insects go, like for the yeah, insectivores, it, it's not really the best. I wish I was a little bit more diverse. It's okay. as far as the food, it, it's, Superworms, mealworms, crickets. Yeah. I wish I could. Uh, discoids. I'd love to jump into like the grasshoppers. I've heard nothing yeah. but great things as far as like food response. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really boring as far as those features. But my herbivores, anything that eats like the plants, the veggies, all of that stuff, that is way more diverse um, than mm -hmm. I can. Than I can. You know, I'm actually very thankful here because like I posted a picture, uh, or was it? Today I posted a video of a bearded dragon eating mulberry. Like yeah. those things go, those things go ape shit for the mole. Actually, everything here does. You go crazy for it. They fight for it. Really? Uh, oh yeah. No, no, no. And then the the actual berries of the mulberry, the anoles will eat it, and they go oh, crazy for yeah. it. Okay. I just leave. I just leave it on like a little platform for them, and when I'm gone, they come down and they just munch it. They destroy it. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Well, but um yeah but yeah. everything you know for the most part i grow everything so okay. the anoles have the anoles and the box turtles they get the cherry tree um the mangoes they go to like the the red foots um and pretty much everything else that eats that stuff uh right now i have a whole patch of clover that's growing that grows every year from like early november until spring and everything's going to eat that everything except for the tortoises. Cause they'll just annihilate it. But um, right now <laughs> all the bearded, the bearded dragons are getting it. The baby tortoises are getting it. Um, and even some of the feeders are getting it. I know the discoids go crazy for it as well. Oh, cool. Uh, oh yeah. The discoids will eat anything. Baby oh, food, yeah. dried up greens. Yeah. Yeah. I used I to put, I used to take the, when we trimmed chicken and stuff, I would take a little handful and put it in there and then, leave it in for 20 or 30 minutes and take it back out. Just little protein nice. stuff. Yeah. I used to do all I've, anything and everything, any clipping that we got out of the kitchen, I'd throw in there and put on a separate dish for a while, but I've made, I actually made um, my own cricket gut load. I used um, whole grain oats, 
um, bee pollen and a um, little bit of calcium and something else I put in there, uh, weed germ. Mm. So I, if I didn't put weed germ in it, it would last with my crickets for a day or two, a plate of it, a little like a dish of it. If you put weed germ in there, that's like crack. Like it'd be gone in an hour. The crickets would just kill it. So, nice. but I used, I used the Nutribullet and just made it into a pow- real fine powder and everything seemed to really like it. So they seem to do fairly well on it. One thing I was using for uh, gut loading when the, when my daughter, my, my toddler now for the first year and a half, everything was getting the leftover jars of baby food. Mm-hmm. And I just take the baby, I take the jar and I just throw it in the, whatever container of the crickets or the roaches and, Next day, that whole jar is completely cleaned out, I mean, and uh, they were like the they were the healthiest I've ever seen them since then. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, wow. that's cool. She she eats yeah. solid foods now, so there's yeah, no, I can't yeah, no, because I don't want uh, I, I hate I hate spending money, so like that was always free and it was daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not uh, wasting it then. Yeah, right. Um. Ron, what, what I really am curious now because you know you said uh, what what did what do you what, you said it sounded like you were going to say something uh, rather profound about diet. No, it's not profound. It's that <laughs> I mean I I've done a lot of testing myself. Um, I've raised things on exclusive diets, like I raised almost I guess ten years worth of uh, Pagona Viticeps, just standard bearded dragons, on nothing but. Uh, superworms from mm-hmm. birth to death. That's all they ever got. Superworms mm-hmm. and lawn weeds. You know, whatever weeds mm-hmm. grew in my yard, that was their greens. Uh, so I would pull. So because uh, I don't buy uh, store bought vegetables, I think that the weeds in your yard are generally better. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also raised raised them on incredibly diverse diets, but I could see almost no discernible difference. And gut loading or not gut loading. If there was a difference there, it was, it was, it was undetectable. So interesting. um, I think, I think it, I think that the net is very wide for this. And I think that um, we tend to put way too much importance on nutrition as opposed to, and think that it's, you know, it gets blamed for everything. Every time somebody has a problem, that's what gets blamed. It's all, all, always the food, like 90% of the time. People go straight to that. That's the blame. But actually, I found more often than not, that's really not the case. It seems more more often than, than uh, the most likely root cause seems to be just general stress. And mm. food, I mean, outside of things like MBD and shit like that, which honestly is so easy to prevent i mean it's literally just keep your shit dusted in calcium um you know i don't know i haven't seen i haven't seen any um i've i i was i beta test for rapashi uh his food before you know they he puts them out to market sometimes i'll I'll beta test that shit for years and screw around with it. And I did a bunch of tests with that stuff and it was great. I had no issues. I raised entire generations of bearded dragons on the uh, beardy buffet that he has, Mm. or or maybe it was grub pie. I don't remember. It was one of them. Um, And they were, they were great. I mean, that is a, that is supposed to be a whole food. He's got everything 
all the basics in there. But I hear people say, oh, no, those commercial diets are crap. Wasn't my experience. I, I'm not yeah. getting paid to say that. I, I get nothing out of this. Um, I do it for him because he's an old friend of mine. Hmm. But I mean, it doesn't just apply to him. It applies to all the commercial diets. I think all the commercial diets are just fine. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, my personal um, uh, routine is that I use a whole bunch of different stuff, as many different things as I can, because I feel like um, since I don't know exactly what they need, and no, none of us really know exactly yeah. what they need. I, Although, I, I like I said, I suspect that the that the net is very wide and and it's very simple. Because if you think about it, out in the wild, the wild is brutal. It's not a Garden of Eden where they get handed them a smorgasbord every time they want it of you know high quality food. Half of the shit they're eating out there is stuff that's easy to catch because it's weak, dying, diseased. You know, and, you know, and, and the grazer plant grazers, yeah, they have certain times of the year where, yeah, you know, they have a lot to graze on, I'm sure. But they also have a lot of the times of the year where there isn't much to eat in that aspect as well. So mm. when you bring them in captivity, it's pretty easy to provide a good environment, you know, good, you have access to lots of food. And I think all the foods that are available are, are good and probably can be done in exclusion if you if you wanted to like i said i've gotten lazy over the years or just wanted to see what happened and experimented and i found exclusive diets of you know say only crickets there, there was no i saw no real difference everything did just fine everything produced babies were solid was no mbd no no signs of disease anything like that but because i don't know for sure and i don't think any of us will ever know exactly um, I cast a wide net and for a couple of reasons. One is that, is that I know that I don't want to eat the same shit all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and it clearly, uh, you know, um, you know, spurs on a better feeding response when you give mm-hmm. them something new, you know, if you give them crickets three days in a row, and then on the fourth day you give them, <laughs> you know, soldier fly larvae, they generally go ape shit and they pile yeah. plow down, you know? So um yeah we use six or eight different species of insects for the insectivorous stuff all the readily available easy to get cheap cheap shit we use commercial diets everything gets commercial diets sometimes mm-hmm. um things that eat cat food will occasionally get cat food things that you know we feed them raw and uh, not raw eggs well we do feed them raw eggs but you know raw eggs are hard-boiled eggs depending on the species uh, whatever fruits available seasonally. Like I don't go and buy five different fruits and chop it up. Whatever's in season, I buy it. That's all you get until it's out of season. And then something else comes in and then I give them that because that's actually probably more like what they would be getting in the wild. Anyway, they're not going to go out there again. And there's not a fruit salad across the fucking countryside. They're going to have bananas this time, you know, then, so they're going to eat them to the exclusion. I know tegus do that with date, date, uh, date fruit in uh in argentina and and mm-hmm. other types of fruit when when the when the fruit's in season it's falling on the ground the tegu's wheat that's almost the, the exclusion mm. so um it makes sense yeah i mean it's all it's all just uh i don't know i there's a there's a, herpetoculture's all always had a very extreme um obsession with nutrition 
right? No. It's a common thing. And it gets blamed <laughs> for literally everything. But, you know, about 20 years ago, I started to realize that there's more going on here. And most of the time, the problems couldn't be explained, uh, either that I've seen in my own collection or I've seen in others. People have come to me for advice. And when I started looking into it, more often than not, it's just stress. It's because their setup is mm-hmm. not providing them with the basic needs that all living things have, which is security, you know, access to fresh water, um, you know, a decent diet, you know, whatever. I mean, you can fucking live on hamburgers from McDonald's. There are people that eat nothing but that and are live to an old age. So it's just not, I don't know. It, I mean, it doesn't even, it's not just in reptiles either. I mean, it's literally in everything. You yeah. hear, there's, there's huge industries that have built up on selling you the idea that, you know, it's all this nutrition stuff. And while I'm sure that it does help and it's good, you know, to have a little bit, I really don't see where I see a lot of uh, correlation causation arguments that um, there are probably other factors at play there's Bill, hereditary issues and are you a supplement guy yes sir oh, I, I, take, su- I take listen i do take supplements i work in the nutraceutical industry so yeah no but, no uh, i mean yeah. like i said i'm not i'm not saying you shouldn't do that so yeah i'm just saying that no, no. the level of importance that's placed on it, it generally to the exclusion of all other ideas might be just a bit extreme is an issue yeah yeah, no, th- this is, I find this extremely exciting and, and intriguing because um, I have a, ha- there are a handful of, of initial reactions that I think Ron and I might, we might disagree on a couple of things, not, but I think like the, the broad overarching thrust of what you're saying, I, I definitely, I get on board with. I, I agree that people place way too much emphasis on diet alone and they do it in, in really bizarre ways. Um, one way that I think people place emphasis on diet that it is just misguided is the feeling that if your animal is hungry, it ought to eat. Right. right? So like, that's one way that can happen. Another way that can happen is um, <clears throat> people insisting on whatever you feed must be of the highest nutritional content. Now, I, I don't agree with that, but I also don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I would agree with the statement that what these things are eating in the wild are all, I mean, obviously I don't think this is exactly what you said, but I don't think that what, whether it's an insectivore or a, you know, let's say a snake eating a rodent or, or, you know, a lizard or whatever, I think it's possible or likely that the, that, there's probably a, a, an even balance or potentially even an even split between them eating a sick or dying, something wrong with it representative of their prey species and healthy representatives. of. Oh yeah. Species. That's, but that's, ex- yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I meant uh, that oh, yeah. it's because okay. depending on it's seasonal, you know, I mean, when, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. when seasons are fucking shitty, everything oh, yeah. is struggling. And right. so by, and, and then there's also the case of that the weaker, we're talking about predators in all cases, even, even insectivores or predators, the majority Mm -hmm. of the stuff that, I mean, they catch the easy shit to catch. They catch the things that, you know, are, are not moving as fast. Now they do catch, obviously when there's an abundance, Mm -hmm. they have access to good 
it's basically a feast or famine thing. When, when there's abundance, sure. everybody's eating good. Yeah. And when there's not abundance, everybody's just kind of struggling. Well, that's a strong survive. That's all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like no yeah. place on earth where it's just, you know, everything's perfect all yes. the time. Absolutely. So, yeah. So let me ask, let me ask this. We've, so I, I, I have a, I, for those that don't know, I have a supplement that we've introduced uh, for snakes. It is a appetite boosting supplement that we've had tested by several different breeders. Um, we are getting a very good response back based on, you know, yes, uh, prime example, uh, Will Nace, uh, Ryan Gradney, baby green anacondas, notoriously hard to feed, uh, especially to get anything frozen thawed. They used the Hydroserp and Appetite Booster. Both of these guys had great success with these snakes going right down to frozen thawed rodents without a problem now. Uh, one of these anacondas, the one that Will filmed, that of course didn't eat on camera, ate that night, looked terrible. Just, he had said, you know, just force feeding and, you know, it, 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 it hurt. In my opinion, force feeding a snake is horrible. It just, it, it just, yeah, it, it, it's going to, it's going to affect that animal down the road regardless. So I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about the Bolins pythons and how nobody can get them to breed and what's missing. What are we missing? Or is it, can we, we can't set up a cage with an air conditioner in it and make it 50 degrees, blah, blah, blah. It still doesn't work. And my buddy had suggested, hey, why don't you get blood panels done to see what nutritional factors a Bolin's python in the wild has versus one in captivity? Because something that's being eaten in the wild may be that cue for that animal to reproduce. Whereas in the wild, we throw a rat in and that rat might not have that missing puzzle piece now i don't know you know i want to ask you guys what you guys think because you guys have been around for a long time and i think it's it's something to say that you know yeah if you test maybe you'd see a difference do you think there would be a difference i i personally would say no i don't think i don't think it matters i think they're just i mean people have got them to breed um, yeah they have it, it has it's been sporadic yes but I think, I mean, I was listening to Nick Mutton a few mm -hmm. months ago on another podcast and he made a pretty good point. And that is that people, most of the people working with them have these giant ones that are, that are overfed and possibly, you know, uh, they're, they're mm -hmm. enormous. And that's been my experience as well is that smaller representatives of a species tend to breed better and when yep. they start getting real big then they you know maybe every few years you'll get something out of them yeah you get heart disease fatty liver disease all well, that no, stuff I, is the i same. don't think it's even that it's just you know they're past their that prime yeah. where they're they're spurred along to have to you know spread their seed everywhere they can so yeah you, you got them at the tail you, you got them at the yeah, tail end of their, they're at the tail end then. now okay and, and another uh point that i've heard those guys make is that um potentially uh people don't keep them long enough they try for uh, two years three years nothing happens and they you know they have a lot of money tied up in those things they're they're fucking astoundingly expensive yeah and and then they jettison to get their money out you know and move on move on to something else and yeah. it might take five six seven years i mean honestly if 
if I had a ton of money tied up in that one, um, that Basel albino and knoll that I have, mm-hmm. I got that thing for basically, I traded an incubator for it. So I didn't really have anything in it. It took eight years before yeah. that thing bred anything. It's yeah. been an adult for seven and a half of those years. That's because it's stubborn like Ian. <laughs> yeah. Ian, I hope you and, hear that. <laughs> and it never, and it didn't do anything for the first seven and a half years. And the only reason that I didn't jettison that thing after two or three years, which is what I tend to do as well, I'll keep something two or three years. I'll give it a couple cycles. If nothing happens and I'm like, all right, I can't, it's not working for me. And I move on to something else. But that was actually kind of a learning experience for me because one, I couldn't get rid of it because I, I actually did get rid of it, but the guy I sold it to fucking gave it back to me and told me to finish the project. So it ended up coming back here. So it's not mine to sell. So I wasn't going to, so it just sat here, but it sat here for eight fucking years. And now it's, it's breeding everything. It's just yeah. like a light, a switch went off. Now there's yeah. no nutrition. It's a, it's a night and all, it's just like all the other ones. And yeah. it just right. wasn't ready didn't click whatever maybe it didn't have the right females to be paired off with maybe maybe bolins are a little more picky about who you pair themselves off with maybe you know the ones that if i'm not mistaken they have i know they range on a mountain i don't really know Mm -hmm. a a lot about bolins but the last time i think i heard that they range from pretty high up yeah high elevations down into the lower parts of their range where it's much warmer maybe maybe they're maybe the ones they're using some are you know originated from a higher area and some are from a lower area and maybe that affects the their ability to sync up i i don't know but i think more than likely i think nick's right i think it's probably just people aren't keeping them long enough um you know uh, and they say that pythons moving them around really affects them i mean yeah i think we got lucky the year that we produced uh retakes we had bought them from Steven Tillis as adults and moved them from his facility to our, our house. And they bred, you know, eight months after we got them. I think we just got, I think we got very lucky. I think we just mimicked exactly what he was doing. And, you know, I mean, I, I would love to say that, Oh yeah, I knew exactly what was going to happen because I really didn't for eight months that male didn't eat. And it literally took Steven saying, Hey, you know what, just put them together and see what happens because maybe that's what it is. And sure as shit, it was 30 minutes and those snakes were locked up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just, it goes to show you that if, if you don't pay attention to what your animals want, you could really be missing out. And, and I think that that's, I mean, listen, I put a lot of faith into the whole gut load thing. You know, I swear by, you know, you got to have, but now that I hear Ron say that, I kind of feel like an idiot. No, 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 no. And you, and you shouldn't, I'm not saying that at all. What oh. I'm saying is, is that I've done it both ways. Yeah. I, I, I spent, you know, at one point I read a paper or something somewhere in the late nineties that basically showed that gut loading had almost no effect. And after I read that, I was like, okay, well, I, this is one area that I can just cut this out yeah. and for about a decade. I didn't even bother. And I saw no difference. I was still producing everything that I was working on at the mm-hmm. same basic, you know, now nowadays we do do it but but i'm we're much more lax about it like when i first started in the late 80s early 90s i mean i used to grind up dog food into a powder to feed the crickets every day i had a fucking big hand grinder that i had to grind it up and then they got just a ridiculous amount of fresh vegetables and fruit all the time and i put all this extra effort into it and then when i took them off it all together and just 
added, you know, the, I still do use supplements. I use calcium mm -hmm. and I use a vitamin yep. supplement. Yep. But, um, you know, I didn't see any difference either. So I was like, okay, well, this is now, now today we do gut load stuff, but we're more gut loading. Actually, it's less about getting the nutrition in them than, uh, that, that dog, I swear. No, I can um, see him. <laughs> um, if she takes a shit, I swear to God. Awesome. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, I'm getting ready to take a shit. <laughs> right? That's what I was afraid of. I was like, you didn't ask to go out. I hope not. Um, where, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah. So anyway, today, today it's more about getting uh, a large amount of liquid into the bugs. So that way, when you feed them to the reptiles, now that we definitely see a difference. Like it's a noticeable difference in when you're giving, when you grab the cricket and water squirts out of it. Yeah. Feed that to your animals. Yeah. That makes, makes a sense. noticeable difference in, in the way they look. And I think, like I said, I keep coming back to this hydration thing because um, it's been, uh, the more I screw around with that, um, the more I see, I see an actual benefit. Now, again, I'm not a fucking expert. I'm just saying what it, it appears, how it appears. It could be correlation causation at work here. I could be fucking getting senile in my old age. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I remember Ron that uh, was it Deland. I think that was the first show I met you yeah. at. It was that Deland show, and we talked about hydration and foggers and how important it was and how people keep animals bone dry but give them you know like that that. It made when you told me that it made perfect sense, and all the way home I talked about it. it annoyed everybody in the car, but you know it, it, it's neither here nor there. But it, it makes it makes perfect sense when you think about a desert animal. At some point, it gets cold, and you get some sort of condensation someplace. You know. Oh yeah, they they get due quite often. Yeah. I mean, mo temp from what I understand, most desert areas are they are super hot during the day, and they spike at night hard. Yeah. the temperature drops there that's just how it is and it causes dew and that's where these animals get most of their water from mm -hmm. and uh i mean it applies to the tropics too though it applies to everywhere i mean i mm -hmm. was out i took the dog out a couple nights ago at 4 a.m and when i had you know i was looking around on my flashlight and you could see all the water droplets in the air and it was all you know yep. it was landing all over and then when i started looking on the bushes the brown anoles were out drinking and it was Ooh, 4 a.m it was pitch fucking black Huh. They were awake and they were drinking water because the water was settling. It was Should have grabbed me a couple. Four fifteen. <laughs> so, you know, even all, diurnal stuff definitely comes out at night to drink water during dew dew spikes. Yeah, and, uh, it's actually one of the best ways to herp. That That's nobody cool. really does because if you go out during a dew spike, there's all kind of shit that you wouldn't normally see out. Interesting. <laughs> so, so uh, I I was I I think Ron is definitely right. I mean, it, what you know, you, I don't. You, you mentioned the Bolins pythons earlier. I don't know a damn thing about Bolins, so you know what do I know, right? But uh, I think with almost anything, I think it would be a rare exception when you'd get an animal that would require one specific thing yep. to to get the job it's done. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think that would be a rarity. I mean, obviously. You never know, right? Maybe, yeah. you know, but I mean, even, even things that in my head stand out as like, 
oh yeah, this, this seems like it would be a pretty tricky thing to like get your hand on. Like, um, you like salmon or tuna, right? Fish that, you know, live out in the ocean and have huge, huge migration patterns and salmon, which have to swim upstream and go spawn at the place of their birth. I got, I'm literally watching a little anole, one of the anoles that I have, the little twins. I have them at home. And this one is just snagged a cricket, like jumped half of it. (laughs) (laughs) That was so sick. That was cool. But anyway, that even stuff like salmon and tuna, which have all those major requirements, they can farm breed them. They know how to get them. You know what I mean? I I think the likelihood of a single thing being what would be the game changer just tends to generally be unlikely because so many animals, I mean, I think the the will to breed and and the desire to reproduce is an, is an, is an overpowering, like, you know, that there's this old saying, um, and this, this doesn't necessarily, doesn't, doesn't just apply to humans, but there's that saying, um, we don't have sex, sex has us, right? Yeah. Because sexual reproduction has been around for billions of years or whatever it is. And, um, well, maybe not billions, but a long ass time. Right. And, uh, and to assume that anything could override that deeply wired of a drive is foolhardy. Right. Which is why yeah. you- which is one reason why you can't tell people not to do stuff because then they just do it more. But exactly. But it's got to be the same thing with animals, right? I mean, it, you know, which is one of the reasons why breeding alone is not a good metric of your how well you're doing. Because, I mean, puppy mills are a thing, right? Dogs yeah, will yeah. breed when it's, it's not good for them, right? So yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah. That's That's one thing. But I also... I mean, I think that I can inhabit that side of the argument very easily. And I can also inhabit and get on board with probably the small things might matter. I mean, I, I tend to feel this might be one area where I, I might differ with Ron, but I, it's not that I disagree with you outright. It's just that I really feel like a lot of those little things, like even things that seem needless, I, you know, maybe, maybe it, it doesn't matter for a handful of generations or something, but I mean, I don't know, I, I maybe like in 10 years, uh, you know, something will fall through the cracks and it's like, Oh shit. If I had, you know, maybe you know, I'm actually having a hard time thinking of a great, <laughs> a great way to explain what I'm saying, but I just, even though I, I don't think any one thing is overly important. Right. It, I still feel that e- all those little blocks add up to right. The pyramid. Right. Yeah. So, no, no. And I, and I agree. I, Look, that's again. I'm just saying that in the in this and and if you think about it, like you know, I've been doing it for 30 years, but it's really 30 years is not that much, right? right. Like there's, no. there's nothing there. It's a very small amount of time in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I'm just saying that in the time that I've been doing it, I didn't right. see any discernible difference. However, mm-hmm. you know, someone made that argument to me uh, once because I. I don't remember who it was that I told the same basic thing to. And they were like, well, you know, you're probably doing all these little things that you're not even really cognizant of. You just do them out of instinct because, you know, I noticed this is doing here, or maybe there could be a variety of reasons that when you, you know, that other people don't do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I basically on autopilot all the time, like Heather asked me what, what I did. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I can't give you a step-by-step. I don't fucking know. I go outside <laughs> and look around. I'm like, okay, this looks a little off. I'll yeah. do this. And, 
and it always changes. It's never the same thing. And yeah. You know. And, and yeah. along that same line, sorry, Eddie, man, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I need to, no, you're good. I just was going to say that um, there. Oh shit. I just lost it. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Well, go ahead. You, Phil's you, officially getting old. Yeah. No, I'm sick of that. I, it's it's official. I've ever drank when I'm doing this show. So now that's oh, yeah, there you go. Blame it on drinking. We blame it on food for reptiles and we're blaming it on the alcohol. I can and will. Oh, I just, I just remembered. So um, <laughs> some of that's like a personality style too. Like I think my girlfriend, Rachel would be an example of somebody who is pretty regimented and has like a, for almost for so many things that she does, you know, she, she's going to write it down and she's going to keep track of what's going That's on Heather. and like yeah. refer, refer back, right. Refer back to what yeah. was done before and what was different. But I have that same experience of when I go to, when someone will ask me a question, it's like, Oh, well, you know, you say you don't put any supplement, which is I do for my, for my insectivores, but I don't for the herbivores and the, and, but I feed, you know, like occasionally I'll feed like Roundup Zoo tortoise or Missouri, or, you know, whatever it may be. And they'd be like, oh, how often and, and, and how much are you given? I'm like, I have no idea. I just, I li- it's such a, I'm playing it by ear. I feel Correct. like right now is the time to give these Egyptians a full yep. of dry pellets. I, I can't tell you exactly right. why, yeah. but that you know is what exactly I mean? so it, how I operate. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> exactly. I go out there and it's just, it's whatever the day tells me to do. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, it's a very martial arts uh, mindset, if I may. <laughs> Is it? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, it, you know, because martial arts, you're, you're talking about being so much of it is to get so good at what you're doing is so that way you can be in perfectly in the moment. There's right. no thinking. There's just right. proficiency, you know, yep. and um, I think that, that there's something about that with the, the reptile work, which is like done enough of the, not for whatever, not that there anything like that, but you've done a sufficient amount of learning through experience and trial and error that you have enough data points yep. that, that are just playing totally unconsciously in your mind that you're like, all yep. right, I know I, I can do this, but yep. it's like being a chess grandmaster. You know what I mean? You're, you're 50 moves ahead, but you're, you're doing your taxes in your head. You know what I mean? Because you, yep. you don't need to think about it anymore. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. That it, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's perfect. It's, no, it's, it's about being able, it's about getting, I mean, look, I play those online uh, class-based video games, right? And it's the same thing. You play the one class, whatever it is, until you're so fucking good that you don't have to think about it anymore. It's all, muscle yeah. memory and autopilot and then you can pay attention to the to the more nuanced you know you can expend your brain power on the things that can actually take you to the next level because you're yeah. not wasting your brain power on you know oh what should i whatever it is yeah. it's, it's really is it doesn't sound like it would really it sounds like such a small thing, but it actually makes a huge difference when you can mm. do all of the bullshit, busy work shit on total autopilot. Yeah. Then your brain is free to yeah. actually try to, to look for ways to 
butchered. And that's that's right at that edge. There's a really, really helpful diagram. Uh, and in the center, it'll say comfort zone. And then it's like a bullseye. It's like a three-part bullseye. The center says comfort zone. And then the secondary ring says learning zone. And the third ring says chaos zone, yeah. right? And the idea is to push yourself out of your comfort zone just enough, right? So that way, because if you go too far, it's just like, oh, I don't know. I can't put all this together and it means nothing. Help, yeah. right? And But if, you, if you're just enough outside your comfort, you're, it's... Um, it's like, uh, that's like the, the, the sweet spot where you can really start picking up a lot of, uh, useful, uh, information. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same, it's the same, like, you know, when you're, no matter what you're involved in, I found, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not like rocket science or anything, but I discovered a long time ago that there are diminishing returns to how good you get. And hmm. it's pretty easy and you get the most out of it to break into that top 10%. Hmm. Like, I think most people can get to the top 10% if they really wanted to. Like, you it still requires quite a bit of force to get there. But the space between the top 10% and the top 1% oh, yeah. is, is not fucking worth it. No. I mean, yeah. it's not worth it for anything because you have to sacrifice so much. I mean, unless unless that that's the only thing you care about and you want to be absolutely sitting on the top of the pile. It's just not the, the majority of the rewards and, and everything it's, it's for hitting that top 10% goal. Mm. So if you can break into that top 10 and it's a good place to sit in the top 10%, because it's a pretty chill. Yeah. I mean, that's where, that's where I shoot for in everything that I do. I always, if I really care about it, I care very much about getting into the top 10%, but I don't give a shit to go past that because yeah. every time I've ever made the attempt, I've always felt like the amount of fucking effort and force and toll that it takes on your life outside of whatever it is that you're trying to break into mm. has never been worth it. Mm. So the diminishing returns are just fucking brutal. So kudos to the people that can, that can do that. But yeah, I don't know. You guys got deep. <laughs> we're about to we're about to get a little man. It's like, it's like... So, so I I think too there but there's I think there's a comparison to be made between okay, so let's use I'm gonna use jujitsu as their example, okay? So um there that's a really common sentiment, Ron, in jujitsu too, that like the top you know, if you take all of the guys who compete at Worlds, right, you have to qualify to get to Worlds and you're incredible if you're there, if you're just participating, right? right? Just to qualify takes an insane amount of talent and hard work and dedication and time. But the the difference between your average guy at Worlds and the dude who gets that gold medal on the podium and, and the guy, or even just the guys who get to the finals, the difference between those guys and the guys who they fought in the first round is remarkable. And the, 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 the amount of extra dedication and work that goes into being in the top 100 to the top five to the top 10 is just an obscene amount of work. Yep. However, I think there's an argument to be made that, um, what's that the thing about they say about candles that burn uh, fast and uh, like hard and burn fast out. or whatever, you know, they just burn out. So I think these champs, um, you know, you might not see them training into their sixties or seventies. Right. But if you got a guy who's doing it three days a week for 40 years, 
that's a hell of a practitioner. You know, I, I, I struggle to see what substantial difference one might be able to get out of learning from a 30 year old, 10 time world champion and a 75 year old, you know, 60 year practitioner, you know, they might be about the same in terms of, you know, like, like raw, uh, raw knowledge and wisdom. And I think that might be applicable to many, many industries and it might be applicable here. I mean, you know oh it's universe true it applies yeah. to everything it, it really does if you think about it it's it's just the laws of diminishing returns that's just you know mm-hmm. it's just the way it is it's never gonna there's no way to 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 supersede it it's a it's just hard-coded natural law right it's just a, like i said it's pretty easy if you're if you're good and you care it's pretty easy to crack to get that top 10 percent like that's not a, it's really, that's within, I think yeah. almost everyone's uh, ability. You just have to really want it bad enough. Cause obviously you're not going to autopilot your way to that. Right. But if you want it bad enough, willing to put in the work and all that, but you can get there without sacrificing everything else. And that's the difference. Right. But to go from the 10% to the 1%, that space is probably that's I don't a know huge, what the order, yeah. yeah. I don't know what the order of magnitude is, but it, it has to be two to maybe even 10 times the effort of the first 90%. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. like I said, it's brutal. I've tried it in, in, I mean, I tried it with the reptile industry when I was younger and burned the fuck out hard after yeah. 15 years of doing nothing but doing this. Yeah. Um, and that's why I take six months off every year now, because I burn hard for six months and then six months, I'm just like, okay, everybody's sleeping. Fuck it. I'm out. Like this is the yeah, only yeah. reptile related thing that I'm really doing other than I'm going to Croc Fest this weekend because oh, friends of my friends of mine asked me to go. But nice. Nice. I'm doing a reptile show that should have been last weekend so that I could go to Croc Fest this weekend, but them fuckers shit yeah, my otherwise, Cheerios. Otherwise I take I take five, six months off just so that by the time it comes back around. I'm, I'm ready to get back into it. Yeah, you're recharged. I'm doing it again. I'm recharged. Yeah. I didn't used to operate this way. I fucking 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All I did was reptiles. I didn't, my, my daughter grew up during this period. I don't even remember her childhood. I was Woo! not present for lights out for a lot of it. So I got regrets over that, you know, cause I was always working. I, we were always on the run going here, going there. Yeah. Trying to be the top. And, uh, All right, so Eddie, well, hold on here. Eddie, when you ready to feed your reptiles, you got the grill out, seasoning everything. What are you, what are you feeding them? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? So Phil actually said something that, that uh, resonated with me oh, when, it comes to the herbiv- yeah, when it comes to the herbivores. Sometimes people are feeding too much good stuff. Uh-huh. And that couldn't, be, that couldn't be more true when it comes to things like the tortoises. Um, most tortoises are just natural grazers. They spend all day doing it. They're slow animals. Okay. They're eating. They're eating plants that have almost nothing nutritious about them at all. Um, and you see people just gut loading the actual animal itself. Just all this store bought produce, all this store bought fruits and veggies, mm-hmm. sulcatas, aldabras, leopards, all all of those type of grazers. They just eat grasses and weeds. And then when you start giving them all these store-bought veggies with the high nutrition value, 
um, you start seeing pyramiding, you start seeing fat uh, tortoises. Uh, my actual Aldabra right now is a little overweight. I have to cut them off. Um, <laughs> oh, he's so going to be real happy about that. Yeah, yeah and it sucks because he just got personality too. So uh, I waited three years for this damn thing to like want to like come to me. And now I'm like, yeah, no, go fuck yourself. Go eat the grass. Um, <laughs> go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would bribe it with like cactus pads and, and bananas. And, and now you're starting to see some like fatty deposits near the neck. And I'm like, nope, go graze. Yeah. Uh, but right. same thing with like uh, people who with iguanas and all that, they're feeding them, you know, collard greens, mustard greens. There's nothing wrong with that, but these people are doing it every single day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, most of those plant eating animals they're like i said the the value content is not there yeah so that okay so now he okay so i noticed that our sulcata tortoise will i mean fuck you, you could throw food in there every hour it'll eat and and i noticed that out in the yard it, it it's either sleeping or crawling around just chomping grass so what you're saying is maybe that's better for it to do that grazing and get the supplement in between there you know, get some good stuff here and there, but that the grazing is more beneficial. Yeah. So with the tortoises, this is what I did. Um, mm-hmm. They would only get, they would only get stuff um, store bought maybe once a week. Okay. Or, and, and sometimes it wasn't even once a week. It was like something in the fridge was rotting. So they okay. got it. So no one ate these carrots or cucumbers. So give it to them. Other than that, I really didn't do much for them. Okay. Uh, your your sulcata especially should be uh, primarily a grazer. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really wouldn't be worrying. And um, you can see in my yard, with my yard, the grass is a little high and they made like trails through it. Okay. And now and now that I cut them off, because oh. I've been, again, I've been guilty of, of feeding them. Now they're resorting to actually eating all of the grass and all of the weeds. Um, so Instead no, of just with, their with, trail. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so okay. I think, and he said another thing that I didn't even realize I did it until he actually said it. All, all my insectivores, everything gets, you know, you know, they'll get the calcium powder. They'll get all the vitamin supplements. I don't do a single thing for any uh, herbivore at all. And I didn't even realize that mine get whatever. Oh, if I ever give them a little bit of Missouri or Zoomed or Reptal product, they get whatever's in that. That's the only supplement that they get. That includes, like I say, sometimes I'll like say that I put calcium on gravid females salad, but I, if I'm honest, I don't really, it's, I just say it yeah. to kind of placate people's fears and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it like, and I, and I mean, the females, they lay eggs every year with perfect white yeah. shells you know and the babies hatch out strong bones man nobody's dead it's not yeah. like it's not like that i mean i i but with the insectivore i don't know there's like a there's there's a different feeling for me i have a different feeling when i'm feeding my insectivores so like my little xenogama and my 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 uh my anoles and my amy and, and the stuff like that i get a little paranoid you know i'll freak out a little bit and i'm like well I should probably give them X, Y, or Z. And so I'll usually settle with like the outdoor mineral formula, you know, (laughs) because if you give a little too much extra, that's, if it's just going to, they're just going to pass it for the most part. Yeah. Um, But the, 
you know, it, it's, but with the euros, it's a little different. And with the euros, I have the luxury of, of lots of wild foods and, and um, really high quality UV lighting and stuff like that. So I've, but, it, but I mean, this is, I think this is a super interesting topic because, you know, for, for myself and for you fellows, you know, we have a decent amount of experience with our, with our animals of choice. And I think that it's a harder thing to wrap your mind around if you're a beginner, you know, cause like you can go to the dog, the store, you can go to like a PetSmart or a Petco, you can get any kind of dog food, like literally. You know, the recalling, like we've really dialed in canine nutrition mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, you know, you, people have fat dogs and stuff and it's cause they don't, they don't run them enough and whatever. I mean, I get that, but you know, that, that's not really true of, of, of our herps, you know? And I think it's harder. I mean, it, I think sometimes, I mean, I even just said it myself, like I will say that I put calcium on the, on the greens of the, my gravid females, because I don't want to like set an example that I'm not comfortable standing behind yet, because it's like, I, it's not like, I think that's the right thing for everyone. I just know that that's what works for me. So I'm not going to make the recommendation of like, oh, you don't need your supplements because I don't know what your lighting is like, your your diet is like, I have no clue. Yeah. But, yeah. And, it's, and it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around when you're new. You know, I, I went through, I'm sure you guys all did the same thing. I went through a phase where I just like literally bought every kind of calcium and vitamin supplement there was. And I just did a different one of them every day. And I was like, yeah, I'm giving, they get everything. This is exactly what they need. But you know, I, again, that was a long time ago, but you know, eventually it, but it takes time to kind of learn that maybe you don't really need all of that. And you don't need it every day. It's probably, yeah. probably doing them a little bit of a harm by just hammering them full of supplements. I mean, just imagine if you, every meal you ate, you, you like dusted creatine or dusted, you know, like whatever on all the, all the food you, you might, something might come up your kidneys might get pissed your liver might get pissed you know who knows only them only them trailer people do that yeah it's true only the people and the ones from the uk oh yeah apparently (laughs) um the views views of the other guests on this show do not necessarily (laughs) reflect the views of myself we're gonna have to say that yeah Yeah. we love we love everybody we love I, everybody. I don't love everybody. I, I love like everybody. No, you don't. Yeah, I yes, do. I do. I do too. <laughs> I do. I like. Listen, no, no. I hold like on. Hold on. Hold on. I trying to think of the best way to put this. I love everybody. There are a lot of people I have zero respect for. Right? Cover different. Have being compassionate for your fellow man is not the same thing as loving your fellow man. All right, I can I can buy that. I can buy that. <laughs> I, uh, listen, that. I mean, you know, I personally you love the trailer people. Come on. Yeah. And I love the Brits. There's <laughs> well, a few people yeah. out there that I don't love, but I love Look, them. People. I'm sure I'm going to put my foot in my mouth again at some point during this, during this particular. Just put your fingers in your mouth because I cannot get over your fingers. My hands there. Yeah. You yeah, They look like, look at that. I, nev- I, God I never damn. I never said anything, but every time he does it, my eyes are like focused on his eyes. On his yeah, yeah that's weird. You look like toes on the tips of all your fingers. Living style. Is that just <laughs> is that just from grappling and everything? Well, um, so the knobbiness of my hands. Excessive, excessive masturbation. 
so much masturbation, just gratuitous. No, uh, wow. it's from like you know you take grip on like the gi or something. Okay. Somebody strips the grip off and get twisted. So that's what the knobbiness comes from. But the hyperflexion, that's just natural. Like my knees do that. My knees hyperextend and. Um, my elbow used to before they got broken in a lot of arm bars a bunch because I don't tap because I'm a dumbass. You know, but, you know uh, what I thought of when I saw that? Uh, my, the, the thought that popped in my head was, I bet that bitch can climb the side of a building. <laughs> <laughs> if I did rock, rock climb fires, yeah. Five, yeah so <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> you ever see the, the, the famous pictures of drawings of Spider-Man climbing with the yeah, yeah. all like That's what I was yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that yeah. That's exactly I, what I was thinking of. I was thinking that my hands look reptilian and that you were thinking of geckos, you know, like, yeah, or geckos. Or, yeah. Or like a, the, but, a but the Spider-Man, uh, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man he's got his own oh. personal sex toys there. Oh Come my on. God. I'm going to go there because look, I'm a child. Look, Sorry, everybody look, get over it. You can be, look, it's totally cool to be a child. Yes. But I'm just going to tell you right now that you are like, literally everyone says that about my hands, dude. Like every. <laughs> Every person makes that joke. Like people may have made that joke. Like damn Instagram. Like literally it'll be a picture of me holding a lizard and you'll just see like one of my knobby fingers in the picture. And someone will be like, oh, rib for pleasure. God damn it. it. You know what we need to do? We need to we need to all chip in and have a have a spandex suit made for Phil. He's got a (laughs) picture of a toke gecko in the front. He can be the toke. Oh. And he's a and, he, and he's an illustrator. There we go. Next I'm fucking comic. The there toke. you go, Phil. The toke. Yeah, gecko. The toke. I love it. I love yeah. it. Mild mannered jujitsu <laughs> practitioner by day. Crime You're fighting crime crawler at night. night. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's got the glasses too, so he just takes yeah, them off. He does. Yeah, he does. Danger. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea it was you. <laughs> <laughs> right, he runs into a phone booth. That's, that's good. <laughs> say, no, he doesn't do run even, into a phone do booth. He jumps into a ficus. He jumps into a ficus tree. I don't think phone booths exist point. anymore. No, <laughs> only in he, he would. He would have to go into a porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Somebody's porta potty in the trailer park next to their trailer. Yep. Oh man. This is God. I'm going to write this story down. I'll say, yep. let's make a book. We'll be, yep. happen. we'll do it. Yeah. We'll make it. We'll do it. We'll make the book and then we'll make it into an NFT. There you go. <laughs> you got me. You got me fucking totally back into comics after the last time we. That's awesome. Cause we were talking about all those artists. And so then I started yeah. looking up shit, you know, like I was a huge Elric of Mel Nabone fan and oh, yeah. that Michael Moorcock stuff and with P. Craig yeah. Russell and all that. Heck That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. love all the, I, I know I hate, I never, I always hated superhero shit. Even when I was a kid, I thought it was fucking dumb. I always yeah. liked the, you know, fa- dark fantasy shit, horror stuff. Spawn. That was my shit. Yeah. Man. Spawn was awesome. Yeah. So when McFarlane fucking gave the finger to Marvel and went off and did that on his own. Yeah. Started yep. image. That was the shit, yeah. man. Yeah, love that dude. Yeah, that is cool. There, there are some incredible artists though who did like you know Alex Ross. Yep. Um, oh, he did the the. It was a pit. Yeah. No. Uh, I I don't know all the things that he did, but he he did he also is famous for Superman and all the. Yeah. You know, well, he uh, yeah he went on he's done a lot of good shit too. 
And then Adam Hughes is another living guy who's like exceptional. He, he, um, he's another incredible comic artist. And then one guy in particular is, you know, Mike Mignola, I'd imagine. Yeah. 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 Or Hellboy. Yeah. yeah. There's a handful of those um, contemporary guys that are just total mind blowers, man. They're going to go down in history. Right. Um, oh yeah. That guy, sure. Sergio. Yeah. That guy, Sergio Topi, I was telling you about last time he, I just can't get at him and Bernie Wrightson and oh dude, Bernie Wrightson. Yeah, man, it sucks he died. That yeah, fucking, legend. I own a bunch of Wrightson stuff. No, like, he's so good, man. I'm yeah. so close. Damn. He's, yeah, huge, his, huge fan. He's right up there with Frazetta and fucking yes. um yes. You know, uh, dude, we, we, we this is apparently no longer just about reptiles. Mm. We're, this is like a <laughs> Did we just did we just show up on the Joe Rogan experience? Like, you know, it's just You're right. about bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's the fun of it. Yeah, I mean that's what I like about doing these is that it's yeah. not, you know, there's a, it's like reptiles peppered with other cool shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, honestly, one of the my drives to push this into you know to where we're actually making like have expendable money, uh-huh. just so that I can start buying up comic book art oh no way like I, that's I cool. portfolios and shit like that that's that's um you know and i have a whole bunch of favorites you know but fucking that's arthur cool. sidam you familiar with him he did collie and flytrap no i don't know that he's one. kind of a frazetta kind of guy but he does this really fucked up uh, like twisted um futuristic but like really screwed up shit the dude is fucking awesome though man. that's Oh, did he you have to send me some of the send send in the chat? Send some Lilu. Hey, sorry, my dog. <laughs> hey, she's really yeah. But I I love all that shit, man. That's uh, like I said, if it was up to me, I'd have. I I was collecting portfolios for a while and then kind of wow, you know, fell off. But that's super cool that stuff back. And we're gonna have a lot to talk about other than reptiles, Ron. Yeah, that's super you cool. Gotta, you gotta come to Florida. Yeah, yeah, I know. I gotta come down there, man. I gotta. I'm, I'm again. I'm. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a trip. I mean, I might. I might just make a trip just to, just to hang out with you guys, honestly, frankly. But you anyway, come out for a weekend. I'm, I definitely want to do that because I definitely gotta hang out with you guys in person. Plan it around people. Eddie's uh, Repticon schedule. Yeah, we, yeah, I could do. Yeah, we, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. we can. Um, uh, we can all. We can all drink beer while Ron drinks water. Yeah. Ron could be the DD. Ron's like, fuck you. <laughs> fucking three fucking drunk guys in my car. Yeah, so, that's true. It'd you know, be funny, thing, though. Not to be the boring guy and loop it back to reptiles, but um, do you guys see seasonal food preferences in any, any of your stuff? I do. I mean, oh. I, I think it's kind of forced yeah. on, my, on my behalf. I think, yeah. You know, yeah, everything I have eats rats, so or mice. Okay. Yeah. So part of why I ask is because I've seen in a, quite a few my guys, the Euromastics, colored lizards, in the Xenogama. Um, I can't and in the Chuckwallas, I've you know, they just uh, I've noticed that there are certain times a year where there's suit certain foods that they just turn their nose up to. And I don't understand why. I don't know if it's a I, I, it, and it goes in patterns, right? So for example, dandelion greens, we all talk, talk about dandelion greens as like the, um, you know, is like the, the, you could feed it all the time to everybody, right. right? Like you could just always feed it, but my stuff, um, 
a lot of the euros they kind of don't want it and eat like early early spring you try to feed dandelion greens to them and they're like eh, i kind of don't want it a few of them will take it but a big overarching majority of them won't and then repeat this year before the uh winter sleep you know and that sounds they, to me yeah. like they're looking for protein spikes yeah one going into one cone going into high food you know that last yeah on good that's what that sounds like to me i mean i i have seen stuff like that okay um, well maybe i'll have to try giving them like some some mealworms during that time or something like that something yeah we of... definitely see that with bearded dragons for sure they they yeah. definitely have uh um there's a period in the winter time where they'll still come out and eat occasionally mm -hmm. um, but they only want to eat like super worms or you know heavy uh -huh. um if you put greens in there they generally won't bother and they usually okay. won't they don't eat a lot of uh when they're outdoors anyway in florida they don't tend to eat a lot of vegetation until it's pretty well into spring and then it kind of kicks in and then they start um, but prior to them breeding which they breed in the, in the winter time mm -hmm. so it's like december january the beer here and outdoors mm -hmm. um prior to that and then for the first month or two into that they don't they don't really want greens okay i mean so some it, of them will eat it but the majority of them will be like fuck you give me super it's funny you say that because the rankings i have outside their cage since it's outside now all the clover that grows is growing inside their cage and for the first month they were devouring it but and now, now they it. they're not touching it and they're actually only eating uh supers and roaches so that's that's interesting because i was trying to figure out like why aren't you eating this? It's all over your cage now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's funny. The collared lizards that I, I had, um, and it makes sense now what you're, when you mentioned the protein spike, because um, a lot of the collars that I had, as it would get closer to winter, they kind of lose interest in all the insects because they wanted other lizards. They wanted yep. like a, a feeder lizard, you know? So I'd give them yep. like, um, I'd give them like a, uh, I was breeding, the little banded geckos, you know, right. and I would regularly give them an adult banded gecko in the winter time. And it would be the last meal they get before they go down for sleep. But, and they might not have eaten a single insect for two weeks. And then you, you throw one live lizard in there and they would go absolutely bananas. Like, yep. I, like you might lose a finger if you weren't, <laughs> if you try to take it away. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and, and you know what? I I can say that I have snakes that kind of get finicky at certain times. Mm -hmm. So I don't run a lot of supplemental heat because this this room is on the front of the house and the window is tinted, but because it's on the front of the house, it catches the sun all day. So mm -hmm. I put the sensor push unit in here just to measure the temperature with the door closed in here during the day, it gets to the end of the nineties. And then, and then at night it trails off. Like right now it's, it's comfortable. You guys saw my screen go black earlier. I purchased Wi-Fi smart plugs. Oh. So I put those on everything. You can time them and control them from your phone. So they're, they're kind of cool, but now it's seven o'clock. Everything in here shuts off. And the only animals that are getting heat are the tortoises 
and I have supplemental heat on the, the um, blue tongue, which isn't high, but it's, it's enough. Uh, but the tortoises are the only ones that have a ceramic heater on everything else in here shuts off. Um, mm. So the room does cool down a little bit at night. It, and I, I feel like some of the animals in here in here are good, but I've noticed like with ball pythons and stuff, especially they, they're just kind of like, Nope, it's cool. I'm not eating today. You know, even though I've got like my male Mojave eats constantly, but now because it's been cooler out, he just, he's just like, nah, I'm good. You know, I don't need to eat right now. So. That's crazy. Yeah, my, my internet connection is sucking tonight. I'm going to go punch both of my kids in the face when we're done with this. Yes, everybody that's listening, I said that. I'm going to go punch one of my children in the face. And if you met them, you would understand that even the youngest one is bigger than me. So I can't spank him because that would be weird. That would be weird. So they just get a punch. Not really, but. <laughs> and again, I, no. No teenagers were injured in the making. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Listen, listen. It, it would be it would be me. It would be me getting hurt. I would go to whack one of them, and I would be the one to hurt myself. So you know, if you were Italian and you used the word whack, that has a different connotation. totally different yeah. connotation. Yeah, and if you were Pee Wee Herman, it has a completely different connotation. That's true. <laughs> man. Showing your age, old man. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Legend, he's not, man. He's, he's not here right now, but in the garage, I have the original pull string Pee Wee Herman. Oh, oh nice. my God. No way. Nice. What, do you, what, do you, what do you pull on Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know the, reason I, the reason I mentioned him is because somebody, somebody said the other day, it was the two famous people shot in the back of the head in a movie theater, Abraham Lincoln and the guy sitting, or the, the guy sitting in front of Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh, man. <Wow>. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And, and, and wrong. Yes. Also, also, number and, two. Yes. Two. I'm going to definitely have to look for that. I want to try that peanut butter stuff. It is so good, sir. I love peanut butter, so that's my that's my Achilles heel. Yeah, peanut butter. I, me too. Reese cups. Does it have like a? Is it a little bitter? Um, a little bit, but it it it's just it's like the nuttiness is really what stands out. It, if you can imagine just like a regular stout or milk stout, and then just yeah, just put just a twinge of that peanutty flavor like right okay. at the end. It's fucking delicious. It's unreal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's it's the only beer that I ever really like want to drink. Um, so, somebody from work, uh, her name is Olga, and I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but if she does, I want to give her credit for it. Let me find it. She sent, there's a beer that you can get. It is, hold on, get to it. A Yingling Hershey's Chocolate Porter. Yeah, that's actually, it's actually pretty good. Is that it? Okay. Good, man. She said, yeah. she said you can actually mix that with a little bit of ice cream. She said it's amazing. Oh yeah, we've done that. We've, we've had uh, ice cream. Okay. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty astounding. I can uh, actually only drink that for just a little bit and then I just get 
It's too heavy. Like a, we, yeah. we, we, I'll drink like two and this will be the last one I can possibly manage. Uh, I'm, I'm like a super lightweight baby ultra weenie when it comes to booze. So um, really, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like it's just, I don't know why. I don't know what the, uh, I'm a, I'm a wiener. I don't know. Listen, I always, a- <laughs> always say that I'm, I'm, a, I'm not going to drink a lot. I'm not going to have too many and that it never, guy. never works out that way. You're that See, guy. I'm, I'm the I'm the opposite. I'm the skinny kid, but I'll drink like the fat people under the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Hey, should I bring should I bring beer to this show this weekend? I actually I was going to. Okay, I'm going to too. Then I literally got yelled at by the security guards. <laughs> that, so, that he became best. That he became yes. best friends with. Yes. So you be, be you become best friends with them, so they look past that inadequacy what i what i learned from paul at the at the show is he was probably that kid that his parents had to tell him to like not go into the van of the stranger they had to remind him because he would just fucking talk mm-hmm. and then i would think he would know i, I remember, there was one time where i think i asked him like hey did you know that person he's like no like <laughs> you, that's you my <laughs> that's my gift is that that's i can just pick up a conversation with somebody and as long as you're not an asshole we're good i don't care yeah when he was when he was Fucking talking to those security roots, guards, <laughs> when he was talking to those security guards, I was like, "Oh, I guess he actually knows them." No, well, so here's the thing. They- Hold on, Eddie, because there's there's a, there's a reason for that. I learned a long time ago that authority figures are easily bamboozled if you pretend like, "Oh, how you doing?" Put I'm in. And that's why when that guy was telling me, like, yeah, you got to throw that out, like, the people that run this show. And I was like, oh, come on, man. You know, I was like, let's talk. Because now if those guys are at this show and they see me, first of all, there's a downside to it because they're going to know. Yeah, that's that. That's the alcoholic guy. That's him. <laughs> um, even though I'm not an alcoholic. Come on. But they're going to say, that's the beer guy. We need to watch him. And then they're going to come over and be like, hey, what's going on, beer guy? And I'm going to be like, ah, guys, come on. Good. Did I cause any trouble at all? No. Did we did we hit it off? Yep. And they may not even say anything. They may walk by and be like, hey, put one of those under the table for us and uh, we got you. So you just kind of have right to now, play man, the game. Sounds like a short, this sounds like a short-lived strategy. <laughs> no, it works. It completely works. Listen, I'm not saying you can walk around and blow coke. Have you ever heard of the blind squirrel principle? Yeah, blind squirrel gets a nut. Every once in a while, a blind exactly. squirrel wins a nut. And I think that's what happens with that kind of attitude. You're just rolling the dice, man. <laughs> Listen, he came up and said, you should drink that. I pounded that beer so fast. I was like, I am not wasting this. It's open. He drank it. He drank it. And then he starts walking with them. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw the bottle out. Oh, man. That's pretty funny. That's, that's okay. Well, it? I don't think Orlando has those rules. So you okay. All right. I'll make sure we have, I'll make sure we have, is, um, is Josh coming? I actually have no idea. Okay. I can I call gotta, I, gotta, I think I called him Jason when he was here. That's, he was like, he's, Josh, like, he's so nice that he'll, he'll respond. Oh yeah, he did. He was like, yeah. He's like, Josh. And I'm like, Oh, and actually, Anna was like, Paul, his name is Josh. And I'm like, I know that. I was seeing if he knew. Uh, my Josh? 
No, no not your Josh. No, no. I was going to say Josh. Said he's so nice that he. I was thinking, <laughs> my Josh is a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole. He's uh, he's an asshole. asshole I gotta meet we, this guy. You only get in my him. inner circle unless you're a fucking prick. <laughs> oh, see, that's good. That's just how it works. It's a good group. It's a good look, look at it. Look at Eddie group. over there looking the other way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nice guy. I got a I got a heart of gold. He does. <laughs> look at how I mean. Look at Eddie. He's a, he's a beautiful guy. I, he is. <laughs> he is. He can, he's like fuck. <laughs> hey man, he's hey, pulling whatever. on. He's put. Pu- he's pulling on fucking Pee Wee Herman. You might have a shot, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nope. Whoa. The, the uh, funny thing about that, the funny thing about that PB Herman doll, it was made in 1988, <laughs> and so now, like for my kids, my kids are terrified of it. Yeah. Because when you when you pull it, it's like it sounds demonic. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 it's, it's so it's so freaking uh, old. that's exactly what it does. Yeah. It's, it's like, does it really? No, no, no! I'm dead, dead ass. Next time oh, we have God a show, I'll, I'll bring it. That's no. awesome. Do you remember when you, you when you pull it? When you pull it, it's all slow, and it goes. I'm BB Herbert. <laughs> God damn it! It's the WWE version of BB Herbert. Fucking yeah. mental image of Eddie <laughs> pulling on a doll string that has a demonic sound voice is disturbing. Have you guys? Do you remember? I don't know if I don't know if my kids can hear me at all. If they can hear me, I hope one of them comes in and then they'll bring me the doll. Oh, that's amazing. Do you guys do it here? Do you guys do comedy or anything? Do you watch comedy? Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I went with Andrew and saw Bert Kreischer. And then I went with my buddy and saw um, what's Ari? Ari Yes. Yeah, that dude so funny, is dude. on a whole other, I'm going back to see Ari again in February. He got COVID and had to cancel his show a couple weeks ago here. So we're going to see him again in February. We're we're going to see Taylor Tomlinson tomorrow. She's okay. In, in nice. And we just saw Whitney Cummings not long ago. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Whitney's funny. Hilarious, dude. You guys have to watch Bert's uh, segment of the flying dildos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Amazing. I've never laughed so hard in my life when he talks about the sex show, and all I can think is this guy's arguing with him while he's while he's trying to get himself hard. I can picture Eddie pulling on this pulling on this doll. (laughs) Fucking say it, Pee Wee. Hey, say it, Pee Wee. Do do y'all remember the? You guys might be old enough to remember the Noid, the Domino's Pizza. Avoid the Noid. Yeah. yeah. Dude, when I was like five years old, my mom took me to a Kmart somewhere and there was a person dressed as the Noid slanging pizza at the Kmart. And I had nightmares for years, <laughs> for fucking years because of the Noid. He was the most terrifying. When you're five, <laughs> yeah. you don't understand that that thing's just funny and dumb. Yeah. To you, it looks like Hellspawn. You know yeah, what I mean? Like Chucky coming after you. Yeah, I used to have nightmares about Chucky melted to the dashboard of a car and the car was running me down. Wow. I used to, yeah, because you wow. remember there's the one movie where he gets melted to the skateboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. that's that's what inspired that shit. Because I Part saw two. 
I saw it when I was a child, my, when I was a, a, yeah, a tiny kid, my dad and my mom put me in front of the TV when they had a party with the Navy people, because my dad was in the Navy and the two movies I ended up seeing and didn't know I was going to be horrified by one was child's play. And one was arachnophobia. Oh, oh yeah. I was four <laughs> and five. Hey, I need old. to AFK for like five minutes. I'll be right back. But you okay. can just, uh, yeah. go ahead and yeah. whatever it is you do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's is awful shit. Um, yeah, you must have to I had a I had a replica, like the movie prop replica of uh, Chucky mm-hmm. that I act, that I actually ended up selling to the Josh that that Ron was talking about. Oh wow! Okay. Like, oh my like, god, dude, go to movie fuck. movie prop replica. Oh no, no. shit! Fuck yeah. no, Eddie. No, I'm into all. I'm into all no. that. Listen, Eddie, and, and 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 fun fact, fun fact about the Noid. Um, this is real. You can actually research this. I don't. Um, there was a guy who actually went crazy because he thought the Noid was talking to him, and I'm, I'm, I think no, no, this is real. This is real, and he actually like went crazy and like killed a bunch of people. Oh my god! No, no. shit! Oh shit! Look it it's up. Not funny. I may be. Oh I may be getting. I may be getting some of the story wrong, but the Noid was like talking to him or taunting him, oh, and he no. went like he went like postal. Because oh, of it. no, you should, we, we need to find another one of those Chucky dolls and just send it, send it to Phil. Dude, if you send me any one of those things, the only thing you're going to see is a video of me burning it. Listen, I'm gonna, you imagine? I'm going to yeah. dismember the whole doll and burn I'm trying it. Trying to see it. if I have a box. It's, dude, no. I'm trying to see if I have a box of something like weird. Cause I was oh. like really into like, do you remember the, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Puppet Master. Uh huh. Oh, yep. I have. I have some of the puppets from that too. Really? I, I'm like really into like horror and all the gore, and I don't care how cheesy it is. I'm in, I'll watch it. Look, I'm into weird shit like that too, but I'm not about to have a Chucky doll in my house. Not gonna happen. I'm gonna burn that thing. It's it's so it's so creepy. I I can't. I just can't get over it, man. Like even like to this day, I don't care. But if you if, if there was somehow a Chucky doll in my, like if I, like if I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I opened the bathroom door and turned the light on and there was a Chucky doll on the toilet, I would probably die of a heart attack. Like I, I just, <laughs> it, 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 no, I can't. Wow. I, I actually, we, I have, I have something going back to reptiles that I just mm. realized. Let me, let me okay. get it real quick. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so so Phil, I'm, I, I can picture you dressing up in like an inflatable Noid costume. Yeah, I would do I, that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All so righty. back to back to diet. So this is a red foot tortoise. Okay. Was, uh, I, I did this myself, by the way. Nice. Um, cool. So this was given to me by someone who actually had this animal since it was a baby. Okay. This animal died at uh, 13 years old, and oh. it's a little it's a little pyramided. Okay. As you can see, this is a red foot. It's a little pyramided. I don't know if you can really see it, but the spine. Okay. It's, Whoa. All, it's all jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. Scoliotic. Um, yeah. And, and she died. She was egg bound. She couldn't give, uh, she couldn't lay her eggs. This was a female. Okay. Um, she actually looks better now that she's just skeleton, but yes. um, she was pretty pyramided. And again, this really, really messed up. This animal was only fed store-bought um, produce its entire life. Really? Never had anything. Whoa. Never had it. Never had anything else. Versus that is wild wow. caught. That is a wild mm. caught male. Wow. Okay. That's, a, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's a perfect show. Well caught. This animal was only in captivity for like five years wow. uh, before it passed away. So, you so see obviously, would you say? Difference. Yeah, would you say that like? If I were to stop just like coming into our development, there's a couple areas where there's woods. I can just go chop some grass from that and it would be better for me to do that like maybe daily and then maybe just feed them the store-bought stuff like maybe twice a week. Do you yeah, think that's you a... Do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, I mean, do, do, do you not have a... Like, do you not have grass in your yard? Well, yeah, we have like regular grass, but like it's short because we have a landscaper that comes. I can't let the tour. I can't let the redfoots out in the yard without building something to put so, them in. So wait. So for your redfoots, that's different. So your redfoots okay. have more. Yeah, your redfoots can have a more varied diet. So redfoots can actually have more protein content. Okay. Okay. Uh, they'll they'll actually eat earthworms. Yes. Um, yep. They'll 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 eat all that stuff. I um, give. I just. Diet. I yeah. I just started giving mine this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Missouri Missouri actually has protein content in it. Yeah. So, um, so your redfoots would, would go crazy. So we um, bought three redfoots at the same time. They were pretty much all the same size. And one went to my daughter in New York and the others are here. So when my father-in-law passed away, we went up to New York uh, for the funeral and stuff. And we saw Brianna's redfoot is twice the size of ours. And I'm like, how's that possible? Yeah. It's fucking cold as shit here. They're the same exact age. And I'm like, what are you giving them? Well, she gives them the Missouri diet like once, maybe twice a week. And I was like, okay, well, I wasn't giving them any of that. I did give them night crawlers once and they really liked that. I threw some chopped up pinkies in there and they were like, what the fuck? They ate everything around it and left the pinkies there. Yeah. <laughs> but now I when I, when yeah, I, I first... get mine Missouri uh, once, okay. once a week, they get Missouri. Okay. Everything, no matter, no matter the species of tortoise. Okay. 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 I, feed the, I feed the Missouri to the LS formula to my Egyptians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, and are you uh, dry though, right? Totally dry. Well, it's dry most of the time, but I do occasionally soak it and feed it to them. It doesn't, they, they take it either way. Um, I, I thought small, it was just, that's smaller, right? Yeah. They're like, um, they're like the size of a caper, the pellet. Okay. Yeah. Now would this tortoise diet one be okay for the, for the Euromastic? Or do you think I should yeah. look for? No, no, yeah. that would be good. But if, if you're going to feed him those, um, if it's not the tiny pellet, you can either soak it and give it to him and, or you can crush it. I, I put okay. them for the little babies. I take the pellets and I throw them into a coffee grinder okay. or, a, or a food processor and I just yep. powder them. You know, okay. Then I, I have a bowl where I actually, I just put it, it's their food bowl most of the time, but when it's not their salad, cause I don't feed them salad every day. Yeah. I just sprinkle a little bit of that um powdered diet into okay. a food bowl and it's gone the next day sometimes i'll put um tortoise supply.com makes a an herbal tortoise hay that's okay. just this dry that's good. mixture it's such good shit i actually have them remove the dried rose and hibiscus petals though because those petals get super hard and they're okay. for, the, for the babies i don't like giving it to the little baby euros okay but when i i make i have them remove that stuff and send me a, this custom blend which they're really great to do. I mean, they're amazing to, to even do that for me. And um, I feed that to every Euro of every age. And uh, I mean, I'm starting to drift towards more and more uh, feeding just that dry mixture. 
And then every three or four days, I'll give them um, a stem of a of a wet green, like whether it's a turnip green or a Roman okay. lettuce or a dandelion green or something like that. When I don't have wild foods available, yeah, I'm, I'm drifting towards doing that more of the time. Um, but that's because I get I, I'm just getting a the animals seem to that seems to be the thing that they're into right now. They seem they seem totally uninterested in not totally uninterested. They'll eat the greens if I chop them up and put them in there, but they really have at the moment, a really strong preference for this dry, the dry herbal tortoise hay, Timothy hay, okay. you know, crushed pellets. And then I just take a strip of romaine every few days and I throw it in there and it's just water. That's all that's meant to be is water. It's not, I mean, it, obviously it offers some nutritional content. Yeah, but it's, it's but not really yeah. the, the aim, you know? And, and I'm finding that all of them, you know, like their poo solid. I mean, their poo is usually solid anyway, but it, it just resembles the stuff that you see in the wild a lot more, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, grassy and solid and, you know, dries out super fast. And it's just, it's wild, man. I, yeah. Your your Sokata, your Sokata would eat the Timothy hair. Yeah. Oh, he does. He loves it. Okay. Um, And our German shepherd puppy loves Sokata shit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you should see Andrew chasing that dog around. He's trying to chew this up. It is the funniest thing in the world. If, <laughs> if it's out there, once he knows that once Titan knows that the tortoise is outside, he wants to go outside every five minutes. Oh, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta pee. Take me out. Take goes right to the back door and he sits there and whines and you take him out. And the first thing he does is make a lap around the yard real fast to make sure there's no crap. And he comes right back in the house. It is hilarious. Oh yeah. He and loves sort of shit. And then you let it lick you in the face. No, 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 no. And he's coming, come in the house one day and he's like chewing like he had bubble gum in his mouth. I'm like, what do you got? I said, come here. And I grabbed him and I retched it and grabbed And I was like, oh, what? I'm like, God damn it. But yeah, yeah, he's infatuated with tortoise shit. It's hilarious. Andrew's like, you guys can't let him eat that. I'm like, ah, it's all grass. Yeah, it just looks like wet, mushy grass. It's good for his microbiome. Exactly. 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 He did. He did puke out a giant ball of string the other day because he destroyed one of the ropes. Oh, so God. yeah, he's a, dude. He is. He is like a child because mm. anything that hits the floor goes right in his mouth. Mm. Like does it a screw, a piece of wood, your phone? It does not <laughs> matter. He's gonna. He's gonna try to chew on it. He thinks it's awesome. I, I, I had a. I had a mastiff once shit out a fucking teddy bear. Oh my god! That looked like it was a, a, a sausage ca- in a sausage casing. Arms sticking out, legs <laughs> sticking out. out. No, it was com- perfectly compressed. We came home from from going out one day, and on the middle of our floor is this compressed fucking teddy bear that had been missing. It was one, oh my, one of my daughter's teddy bears swallowed it whole. Wow! They yeah, were fifty pounders though, so those fucking dogs could. Oh. Really- they once uh, yeah. they once stole and ate twenty pounds of ground turkey in the wrappers oh, and then shit God. the wrappers out with the fucking rings. Wow! Dogs, wow, dude! They were something else. <laughs> they were something else. Yeah, I bet. That's so, remarkable. Well, what do you guys think? You got anything else? <laughs> what do you want to add to uh, dogs eating tortoise shit? Um, ground turkey. Yeah, my, my dog don't do that. 
Okay, 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 Eddie. My dog, my dog <laughs> goes after goose shit, you know, like the Canada geese. She runs that stuff down. And the and our cat shit. She eats the cat shit, too. Wow, well, that's my dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mine my does that does to that. us. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. She loves it. It's so listen, let me, snack. let me tell you this. We had a vet in New York and our dogs. That was the Tootsie Rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tootsie cat Rolls. Traits. And we go to the vet and I asked the vet, I'm like, listen, it's disgusting. What can I do to stop it? He said, I have four AKC registered purebred labs at home. And if you can tell me how to stop it, you will make a million dollars. Like it's a dog thing. Well, my, my dog's definitely, we can put Lilu is so, she's so non-confrontational that she's one of those dogs where if she tries to push past like a chair that slides on the slick ground, if the chair slides, she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, my bad. I'll never do it again. So if you just put a stool, we put a stool in front of the litter box you know, because there's like uh, this little crack in the door about, you know, only as big as a cat can get through. We put a stool in front of that. She won't touch it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But she's a she's a boob, man. She's yeah. like an amazing dog. You know, she's the best dog of all time. And doesn't Did you know. name that dog after the fifth element? You're absolutely right. I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. I love, and, and I love that you knew it, too. Yeah. She, I love she, that. Uh, her, her name, her AKC name is like something. It's been it's been six years. I can't remember. It's something like Lilu Dallas Starwalker Multipup or something bullshit, you know? <laughs> wow. It's yeah, it's next level. It's dramatic. It's, yeah, it's very yeah. dramatic. And it's a Star Wars slash fifth fifth element fusion. Nice, nice. Two, the two greatest sci-fi sh- films of all time. Uh just just south of Alien, which is the greatest sci-fi film of all yeah, time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. You, want, you want to hear something crazy? Uh, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. I have I have never in my life ever watched any Star Wars movie in my you're life. You're one of those guys, dude. You're one of you're just doing never, it on principle now. You're trying to intentionally never, avoid that shit. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Now, now I am. I've never watched it in my life ever. Really? I know all the characters because you know it's like pop culture now. But yeah. I've never watched it. I've never watched those movies ever. I saw oh. them at the movies when they were new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're old. <laughs> right behind you, so. says, I think says I was the like, man with the whitest beard in the room. Oh, <laughs> listen to this. I think okay, I was listen. Like listen, listen to this. So this is funny. So Anna is big on Christmas and loves lights and stuff. So this year, I wait. I'm sorry, Paul. Hang on. I, yeah. this is amazing. But you you might want to stop the recording. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh no no listen no i want people to hear this because this is funny oh, okay i don't okay. mind this but then we can we'll, we'll stop so <laughs> i'm up on the ladder which i already don't listen i i'm not a fan of ladders so i'm already uncomfortable mm-hmm. and here comes these four kids riding their bikes down the street and they stop and anna and nora are standing there and they look at me and they go hey look it's santa like <laughs> motherfucker like i'm gonna find out where you live this is a problem. I can't write down. I was like, I need to dye my beard. Like I, <laughs> they were dying. They thought it was hilarious. They're like, Oh my God, damn, they called you Santa. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you shit, you suck. <laughs> but yeah. So that was, uh, that's my Santa story. But was it yeah. Yeah. We're, Ron, Ron's beard is way whiter than mine. Mine is splashy. Yeah. I got like a white <laughs> strip going down underneath. Mine's been white since I was like 35. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, my, my, on my mom's side, everybody does this by the time they're 
in their thirties. Yeah. Jeff, my, my, uh, business partner with a supplement, he's the same thing. He's got gray hair, gray beard. He's like, that's he's in his 30 or I think he just turned 40, but he said the same thing. I got, he was the, like, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. I was going to say, I'm the, I got the Asian jeans. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have any grays until, well, I've got a few grays, but my beard's not going to go white until I turn like 70 and then it's overnight. Bam. Full <laughs> white beard. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's going to happen. So, Mr. all right, Miyagi over there. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, right. if, done, if done correct, no can defend. The most important lesson of that entire movie series. Have you been watching the new ones? The yeah, Netflix yeah, series. We, we did. I <laughs> fucking love those. It's really good, man. I what are we talking about? The Cobra Kai. The Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's so good, man. It's so. Good. There's another. There's it's more the kid guys when they're grown up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Obnoxious. It's there's another so season. Yeah. No, it's not. It's like they. No, it's the not new a season is it in? It's. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't yeah, tell you. The new uh, there. I think there's two or three seasons out. Oh, I remember okay. I binge watched them all. Oh, the okay. New, yeah, because seasons coming out soon. Okay. Uh, uh, Tiger King three comes out Sunday or Monday. Oh my God. Yes, it's all about Doc Andel. Antle, oh, Baba Gaba Kabakan, whatever his fucking name is. So yeah, I'm staying away from. I mean, I right. watched the other ones, but all right, everybody, thank you. We love you. Feed your animals, but more important, feed yourselves. <laughs> I guess that sounded good. <laughs> Killer ending. That was yeah. <laughs>